What's up, everybody? This is another episode of the JTS Podcast. My name is Marcus Modi, alongside my partners, Gabe Jones and Patton Cook. And we got, we're going to cook something up for you guys as we did this the past couple years. And we're going to continue the tradition. And we're going to do an NBA preview for you guys. Uh, we're going to do it a little, a little bit earlier than with, with others other people are doing it means we first on the map bro we get to stick our flag in the ground (laughs) claim this land we're gonna be one of the first ones to do it so i mean we we, now i will say these are these are projections i think i got a little a a bold take of my own a little bit but we're going to explain we might explain the reasons why we view these certain projections but we're going to go to with the top 10 teams on both conferences. Then hit on, you know what I'm saying, the MVP for the year. Most improved. Six man as well. Now, fellas, which which side would y'all want to start with first? Y'all want to start with the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? Because you, know you know the Western Conference is, is some juggernauts over there. But the Eastern Conference, I know, Pat, we had talked about it off air. The Eastern Conference is actually – I think it's going to be really good this year. Yeah, I, I think we should start with the East because I think there's teams that normally wouldn't be up there. And with some of the recent moves that have come down here, uh, down the pipeline, I think they've shut up in the rankings. Let's start with the East, I think. All right. Now, I think it's going to probably be a given uh, for who that number one seed is going to be. Well, I know for me, uh, I'm going to go with the, the same team that's been at the top of the East for the past two years. I'm going with Milwaukee being number one. I mean, they had the best numbers, numbers-wise, last year that it was just ridiculous with Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe. But there was a trade that happened, so now Eric Bledsoe was gone, and they brought in Drew Holiday. Now, I wanted to ask you guys really – with the Bucks situation, because I know he hit on it a little bit earlier, but them not signing Bogdanovich and knowing that Giannis, that was one of Giannis' top priorities, is it really, how bad is it for them, support for the Bucks to try to clinch him for that long-term deal? I think it's vital to kind of show uh, Giannis, if you're a, a Bucks fan or in that Bucks organization, that you don't have to go somewhere else for us to build the pieces around you to, to, to get a championship team. I've, I mentioned LeBron numerous times on this podcast. I think the same with uh, Kawhi in San Antonio and Toronto, that he just felt like his best situation to win was elsewhere out of uh, Toronto slash San Antonio. So I think it's key for Milwaukee because – um, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to tell many people this, but Milwaukee's not going to uh, attract their own free agents without Giannis. Uh, the city of Milwaukee's not exactly L.A. or Miami, Miami stretch, but with Giannis there, it's it's a real threat to uh, to win an NBA championship. And I don't care who you are; I think that's the ultimate goal for any guy. Of course, making money's great, but ultimately, if you're at that top level, you want to win and you want to win basketball games. But unfortunate for the Bucks, I don't think. They can have any blame. I think they did everything they could. It was just up to Bogdanovich, who uh, 
he, he could get more money elsewhere. And that's exactly what he ended up doing, I believe, signing with the Hawks. Uh, so that should be a, a fun development down there. But they've got Drew Holiday does, does the Bucks right now. But uh, really, they're on, um, they're on talent watch trying to impress the, uh, the, the girl next door, if you will, and that's Giannis. Indeed, indeed. With Bogdanovich, I don't even think that the Bucks talked to his people. It was just like a rumor out there that he was going to be going to Milwaukee. Um, that ended up not happening. He ended up going to that Atlanta team. But I think that the Bucks did get better with adding Drew Holiday. Only problem is Drew Holiday does have a tendency to get injured. Now, if he can at least be healthy in the playoffs, I think that that adds a defensive element. Though Eric Bledsoe is already a great defender in his own right, but Drew Holiday is actually a bucket. The guy averages about like 19, around 19 a game um, for his career, I believe. Um, but an excellent defender, absolutely adds something on the offensive end. Maybe that will help open up some stuff for Giannis as well as getting Chris Middleton more open shots because Drew Holiday can play the point guard as well. He's like a combo guard, but he's like the best – He's the best version of a combo guard. You know, usually whenever someone says, oh, this guy's a combo guard, it means that they can't do either passing really well or they can't score really well. Well, Drew Holiday can do both. So I think that the Bucks did get better. I, too, have them as the number one seed in the East. I, uh, before we move on, I, I actually, I, if we want to just go uh, one and then you do two, then Marcus, I, I've got the Nets at number one for me I, I really um i really trust what they're doing over there i don't know exactly how the dynamic will, will work but um and this kind of theme will push into uh another award later on but i think kevin durant right now i think there's some, some extra motivation for him because there's all this talk about anthony davis and lebron james and i and i'm the biggest uh, lebron fan out of anyone but i think a lot of people are forgetting just how talented kevin durant what is and, and he still is i I think the injury he suffered was bad, but um, I, I don't have any any worries of him coming off the injury. So I think a motivated Kevin Durant, and if you can get a half uh, a half-hearted Kyrie out there, as long as he doesn't blow up the Nets, I think they should be all right. And in terms of the bench, I think it's a really deep team that um, and not a lot of people are uh, can think of because when they had D'Angelo Russell, there was a real um, argument to be made. They were one of the top teams in the East. I like I like that point. I like those points. Uh, Brooklyn's a little bit lower on my list. I will say for sure, because uh, my number two seed is actually going to be Boston and the Celtics. Uh, even though they didn't get Miles Turner, they got they got your guy uh, uh, Tristan. Uh, Tristan Thompson. Uh, I think they got better because uh, they needed. I think they really needed a center. I think that was one of the key pieces that they needed. And you don't have Gordon Hayward, so. Though you got Kimba, if Kimba can stay healthy, that's the, that's I think that's the main thing why I got Boston at number two. If Kimba can stay healthy, they can be pretty lethal. Yeah, I too have uh, the Boston Celtics at number two. I think that with Jason Tatum getting paid, whether he got paid or not, I think he was going to have a jump regardless. But man, he got his money. Now we can see what you're going to do with it, buddy. Hey, you have those expectations now on your shoulders. You are now the man so I think that we get a great year from Tatum a great year from Jalen Brown of course Kimba issues but whether Kimba stays healthy or not they still they have a myriad of guards coming behind Kimba um Carson Edwards as well as uh what was it Wanamaker right is it Wanamaker is actually with the Warriors oh now he got traded 
No, uh, it was he was a free agent. Uh, free agent, okay. Because they got Pritchard, uh, Peyton Pritchard from Oregon. They drafted yeah. a point guard as well. That's Absolutely, somebody, dude. The Celtics, the Celtics are stacked. Somebody you might want to watch out for uh, is a solid role player, backup point guard, Pritchard uh, from Oregon. I've also got yeah. I've also got Boston at two as well. Not to sound like a broken record next to you guys, but I really like their draft class, and I think uh, pairing Tristan Thompson in the free agent market and then their first round pick Aaron Neesmith, I, I think it's a fantastic pickup. Uh, Neesmith, the best shooter coming out of the draft, and that was the big kind of worry with Boston is can you get talented scores around Jason Tatum because right now. He's going to start facing more and more double teams just as the league starts to know that this kid's legit. And I think he's getting paid like he's legit. And I think he's, uh, he's going to live up to that hype this upcoming season. So I really like what Boston is doing. Uh, that's why I've got them at two and then ultimately the Bucks at three. For my third seed, uh, it might be a – I got Miami at three. I think the reigning Eastern Conference champions, uh, I think they're going to have – Still going to have a chip on their shoulder because a lot of people was going to call it this past year a fluke. I think they're going to come out uh, with some heavy hitters. Jimmy Butler leading the crew. I think Bam is also going to have some he want most improved. He, he was a runner-up for most improved. I think he's, his numbers is going to jump up even more. It's going to motivate him even more. Because I know it's still some doubters about Bam Adebayo, even though he – like they put him at a point five sometimes because he can bring the ball up the court. Well, I'm a I got Miami going at three. Okay. Um, in my three spot I have the Nets, the guy, the team that Patton has at number one. Um, as far as the Nets go, I am almost certain that Kyrie Irving is going to have some issues as far as injury, most importantly, but also just team chemistry. They have a myriad of talent on that team. And Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Kyrie Irving as well. And those three guys, they need the ball in their hands. Kevin Durant, less as much, but he also – I would like to have the ball in Kevin Durant's hands. He's one of the greatest scorers of all time. So they're going to have issues figuring out their chemistry. And I think that will cost them some games as well as resting and probable injury. I think that will, too, cost them games. Hopefully they can just be, be healthy – for the playoffs. Um, but for my number four spot, I did have Miami. Yeah, for me at three, uh, like I said, I've got the Bucks and uh, Gabe kind of piggybacking on what you're talking about with the, the Nets. I think it's inevitable there's going to be some, some tension there. But my hope is with Kyrie is that he's been on that team for about a year now. He was there last season, and he got to play with some of these guys uh, last season before he ended up getting injured, and they just went ahead and sat him for the year. And also, um, of course, them not being able to play in the, uh, in the bubble playoff or whatever, I think they ended up going uh, to the playoff, but Kyrie and Kevin Durant ended up not playing. My hope is that during this time off as they've kind of got together and figured out how this is going to work out because I think it's key between those two guys that communication is going to have to be key. I think each of those guys have to know their role. Uh, when is a good time for me to take over? When's another time? And I think that's why – Kyrie and LeBron worked so well was because they knew when it was each other's time to, to go out there and perform. So my hope is with Kevin Durant that they can do that as well. Exciting for them both. Um, but for me, I've got Milwaukee. I think there's just going to be some trouble with Giannis this season. I really do think that right now there's talk whether or not he's going to sign that, that, that max contract. I think he's going to hold out and wait till the end of the season. 
season and, and have Milwaukee free themselves. The deadline for that for his uh, extension is December 21st. So that's, that's coming up very shortly. That's yeah. a day before the start of the regular season for Giannis. If you're a Bucks fan, you want that to be penciled in. But another thing to point out, Giannis did say that uh, that's between him, that's between the Bucks and his agent. Yeah. Yeah, he has, that's what he said. He's, he's trying to focus on basketball right now, trying to put himself in the best position to win a chip. Uh, so maybe that that's a good thing that it's just going between his agent and the organization because they've been really tight for quite some time. But you still you still going to worry a little bit about Giannis just because it ain't penciled in. Once it's penciled in, then it'll be a sigh of relief for a lot of people. At number four, uh, I know you guys, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, I got Brooklyn at four. The reason why I had them at four was one thing that Gabe pointed out was chemistry issues. I think another thing is the coaching staff for me. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, Steve Nash, this is his first year. He's still going to – it's going to be a lot of times where he's going to have to figure a lot of things out, even though he has a really I'm – I'm not going to say that. He has a really good – group of assistant coaches but piecing everything together to make it a complete coaching staff i think that's going to be a testament for them in the regular season because once you get to playoff time it's going to be a different breed so that's the one thing i wanted to point out and then health health is another thing i know Kyrie. He has some injury issues. Spencer Denwoodle has some injury issues. Kevin Durant has Achilles. It's a lot of issues. And and, uh, these are reports that said that all of these guys are fully healthy. They're fully back. You've seen a lot of videos of them. So it was a good sight to see. But the reason why I have Matt Four as well is because you got to remember, these guys ain't played 82 games. So at some point in time, they're going to hit a wall. It happens to everybody. When you go longer than nine months, there's going to be a point in time where you get close to February, where you're going to, you're going to need that all-star break weekend because you, you ain't used to that travel time. You ain't used to everything. And I think it'll be a toss-up for them, and I think they might drop some games because of it. Yeah, for me, I, I've got at four, I, I got the Miami Heat. I, I'm right there with Marcus. He, I think he had one spot higher than me. I think Tyler Hero and company, uh, I, my, my boy Tyler Hero, I'm joking, but I, I think they're just going to continue to improve. I think they got a taste of what it was like last season, and I think with a guy like Jimmy Butler, he's not going to settle for uh, being bounced by the Lakers in, in the bubble uh, NBA Finals. I think he's going to want that again, and I don't think there's – Many more better uh, leaders in the NBA than Jimmy Butler. I, I think he, um, if you play like he wants you to play, he loves his guys more than anybody. So I've got Miami uh, there, and then Toronto just closely behind at five. Uh, T- Toronto's all, all, always a, a decent regular season team, but once uh, playoff basketball comes around, that's usually where they where they bow out. So I've got Miami and then Toronto kind of right next to each other, but I've given Miami uh, the nod at four. Uh, I had Miami at four as well. I think that they're bringing back one of the best top to bottom rosters in the league, having one of the best leaders, as you said, um, in Jimmy Butler, as well as one of the top defenders, Bam Adebayo. He can pretty much guard 
almost any position, as well as the uh, Miami, just the culture, the organization, the coaching staff, they're, as Stephen Hay would say, a class personified top to bottom. I do think that there are more talented rosters, at least on the front end, the top end. Um, speaking of the Nets and the Celtics, as well as the Bucks, but as far as a one through seven, one through eight rotation, it's not many teams that are as good as them. So that's why I have them at four. I think they'll have something to prove. Whether they're a one seed or an eight seed, I think they'll make some noise in the playoffs regardless. I definitely agree with that. Uh, at number five, I had I will I will say number five and six was a toss-up for me because the number five, I put Philly, and then number six, I put Toronto. With Philly, you got Doc Rivers over there, Daryl Morey in the backgrounds and whatnot. I think for them, just trying to figure out the system, Doc Rivers' system, because I want y'all to let y'all know as well, these coaches, ain't, these new coaches, they ain't have a lot of time with their team. It, it, the training camp just started, what, last week, two weeks ago at most? So, and the season starts in 12 days. Well, not 12 days, but uh, December 22nd. 12 days. Preseason is this Saturday. I know that for the Cavs. So, it's, it's, already, it, it's, it's already here pretty much. So, that is what I'm saying. This weekend, uh, it's, it's, a not, it's not a lot of time for these coaches to – implement a lot of things that can set them up. So, you know, a lot of coaches are going to have a lot of plays. They might have 300 plays for a team and whatnot. But in this first part of the season, they might only be able to run 75 of them. They don't have the full offseason and full game planning like they did in times past. It's 2020, just being honest. But I think Embiid if Embiid and Ben Simmons can stay healthy, the talent that they have around them, I think they can win games. Indeed. I have the Sixers at my fifth spot. Just basically off talent alone, they had um, a surprise – I wouldn't say a surprising year. They had a good year. The year that they lost to Kawhi Leonard, they – what's up? I, I do want to say as well, keep in mind with the 76ers, they had the best home record, but one of – but the the one of the worst road records, and that's something I hope that Doc Rivers can fix moving forward this year. Because at home they only had two losses. On the road though, it was it was it was a little bit more towards five hundred on the road. That's it didn't look good because it was too big of a gap. If you were going to be an elite team, you got to be well on the at home and also on the road. Somewhat you got to be better. At, on the road, some some people would say. Yeah. Didn't they go out in the first round this year? They did. Yeah, I think that that will be rectified this season. They have the talent of one of the top teams, being that they have two basically top 20, top 25 guys in Joel Embiid, probably the best center, top three center in the league, as well as Ben Simmons, a guy that made All-NBA. I'm pretty sure he made All-NBA this year this past year season. So with those two guys, with the addition of Danny Green, if he can hit a shot, uh, Seth Curry, we know he'll hit some shots. Um, with the addition of Tobias Harris and uh, Matisse Thai, what was his 
Yeah, know. he's a pretty good defender. I think he can knock down some shots. So they have they have the roster. If Doc Rivers can, um, I guess, shake them up a little bit, maybe get them more keyed in on the defensive end, as well as implement some type of good scheme. We heard Paul George dissing Doc Rivers saying that he was trying to use him as a Ray Allen type or a J.J. Reddick type. Well, he has one, two of those guys. He has a Seth Curry and a Danny Green, if they can be effective. You can use that, though, with Danny and Seth. They, those guys can run around. That's one thing I've always pointed out to my friends and whatnot, because when you saw Danny Green these past two years, he was just standing. They wanted him to just stand and catch and shoot. If you look back at the Danny Green of San Antonio, what was he doing? He was coming off a lot of off-ball screens. That's something that Doc Rivers loves to do for his shooters. Get him coming off these curls, double down screens, these pin downs to get him open, and it opens up a lot of more areas for other guys like Joel Embiid, like Tobias Harris. Because if you get a pin down, that's communication happening to where on the other side you can go pick and roll action. You got a lot, you have a lot to use those pin downs because there's communication on one side, because you can have where things be a mirage on one side of the court when you're actually looking for this, or it can actually be the go-to play and set up something else. And for me, I, I think with Philly, I've got them at six right now, but I'm, I'm not too confident. I, I'm, I almost put uh, – this might be reactionary, but I almost put the Wizards ahead of the 76ers just because I – I don't like the the element of Ben Simmons and Joel, M, Joel Embiid. I just don't think it works, and I think we've seen that it doesn't work these past couple of years. Granted, they brought in some shooters this year, which should help space the floor a little bit. But um, I'll say this: if there's a if there's a way to get Ben Simmons to Houston and James Harden to the to Philadelphia, I would take that trade in a heartbeat. I think that'd be great for Joel. I think it'd be great for the 76ers, just because I think it it suffocates um, the offense too much uh, for, for Philly. I, I think if you can space out that the, the floor with James Harden, I, I really like that element. I know Marcus uh, shaking his head doesn't like it as much as I do, but, um, and, and granted, I, I don't think Doc Rivers is going to make much of an impact this year just for me. I, I think the roster just isn't as good as some of the other teams here and that just the uh, development of them, I, I don't think is as good as the other teams in the East right now, but, like I said, if there's a trade on the table, I, I would take that if I'm if I'm Philly. We'll talk about James Harden in Houston, uh, most likely after the break when we hit on the Western Conference, because I got I got a little something for that. Uh, my, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, my six spot. I have uh, the Pacers. I got the Pacers coming in six. Um, mostly for the reasons that I will talk about in the future. I don't think the Wizards will be as good as some might think. And I think that the Toronto Raptors, they've been poached of some pieces. They obviously lost Kawhi Leonard last year. Um, they lost Serge Ibaka this year. They also lost Mark Gasol. They did sign um, – what's my boy name? Shooter. Freddie V. Freddie, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot his name. Yeah, Freddie Van Fleet, they signed him to a big contract this year. I think that he will have a year either on par with last year or maybe a little bit better. They still have some of that collective with Pascal Siakam as well as OG Ananobi and Kyle Lowry, guys like that. But being poached, that's what happens to those championship 
teams or teams that go on a run for the finals. That's why it's hard to repeat because sometimes players just get picked off, picked off, picked off, and that's where other teams fall. And I think this will be a jump for the Pacers if Victor Oladipo comes back to some semblance that he was before his injuries. He'll be fantastic. T.J. Warren put up multiple 50-point games in the bubble. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, obviously a fantastic point guard. DeMontis Sabonis, just they have great young talent. So I think that this would be the year that the Pacers just keep trying ahead, keep pushing. They did lose their coach, but I think that will be something that they can form their team identity around, just hold, hold the team, the players together, saying, hey, we lost our coach last year, but we're still together. Let's make something happen. Uh, I had Toronto at six, uh, but I had the Pacers at seven. Uh, I agree on a lot of the points that Gabe has said uh, with both both sides. Uh, Toronto losing their front court, it might hurt them. I think it's going to hurt them a little bit. But I don't think it's just going to – Nick Nurse is a really good coach. I think he's going to adjust well for those guys. And I think Siakam, Siakam had somewhat of a disappointing year once they went to the bubble. And I think it put himself on notice because he's a work, he, he's a workaholic. Just going to be honest with you. Because he did, he did win most improved two years ago. And I think for them, for him, seeing how questionable his play was, I think it's going to motivate him more to be that guy because the Toronto Raptors need him to be that guy each and every night and not have to look for other guys when it, when, when they're in desperate need, you get what I'm saying? Now for the Pacers, I think it's going to be a lot more ball movement and not just pick and roll action with their guards. I think that's going to help out Brogdon and Victor Oladipo as well. I saw some a uh, couple reports about it because Malcolm Brogdon was really ball dominant, and this is going to be the first time that he, since he was at Milwaukee, to somewhat be off off ball, and that's something that's as a when you playing the game, sometimes you don't want you don't always want the ball in your hands, and Malcolm Brogdon is that kind of guy where it doesn't matter as long as they get a good bucket. For me, I, I, I mentioned the Wizards. I'm going to be a sucker, and I'm going to be sucked into the hype, and, I, and I'm going to take the Wizards right now. I mentioned at number six, I've got the 76ers. So at seven, I've got, I've got the, the, the Washington Wizards. And for me, I think this is the first time that Bradley Beal, since being the guy we know uh, right now, because I think these past two or three years is really the bat Bradley Beal that we have right now. He hasn't really had a healthy John Wall or a, or a healthy – guy next to him who is at his caliber I think that's exactly what what Russell Westbrook is going to be I think he's going to have an impact on that locker room it's a pretty young locker room a lot of rookies Tom or a lot of young players on that on that team Thomas Bryant the, the center out of Alabama and then they just drafted uh, Rui Hashimura uh, in last year's class and then they got Denny out of out of this year so I think in terms of talent there's a young roster who I think if anyone can kind of get them into into shape and tell them how to win. I, I think Russell Westbrook's going to be a, a positive impact on that locker room. The only worry is is going to be the chemistry between the, the two uh, dominant uh, ball handling guards, and that's exactly what Bradley and Ru- Russell Westbrook wants to do. But I think if you're Bradley Beal and if you want to win, you're going to have to give up the ball because you've had your, your 30 shots 
playoffs a game and it's gotten you where you are right now and that's finishing outside of the playoffs uh, pretty much your entire career so i i'm going to be the sucker of the group here and take the wizards kind of high at, at number seven and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna stand by it because i i don't know if you guys remember last year i was talking up the heat um in last year's preview and i don't want to pat myself on the back but I don't think the Wizards are going to make a, a finals run necessarily, but I think they've got a shot to uh, have a decent year. I got the exact same thing. I got the Wizards at seven for all the reasons that you said, talented young roster, and two, basically all NBA players in Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I think they'll do fine. And in my eighth spot, I have the Raptors. But I already explained my Raptors pick. Go ahead, Marcus. I was say, at seven, I had the Pacers. At eight, I had the Wizards. I think they, they're, they were extremely talented. But I don't think the team is really just built still completely to win games. And I thought it was an interesting aspect for the Wizards to go out on a limb and, and chip out uh, John Wall. Because like I said, you hadn't seen really John Wall and Bradley Beal together at their best. And I think where Bradley Beal is right now isn't where he was whenever John Wall was healthy and inactive out there. So I thought it was interesting. They kind of moved on from John Wall, but I think, Getting a guy like Russell Westbrook, I think it's a it's a decent trade, and they didn't give up their whole roster like a uh, a certain di a team did a few years ago, getting Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett for about eight uh, first round draft picks. So I thought the Wizards did a decent job in that aspect, and I, I think it'll be an interesting aspect, and it brings something to the East because that's another team who's got upside, but it's also got um, a, a pretty low floor as well if things don't go well. Uh, who's your uh, eight spot, Ped? Who's your eight? Yeah, right now I've I put Indiana at eight. I just I don't know with Oladipo. You've kind of seen him get hurt the past couple of years. So that's kind of my worry there with the, uh, with them. And like you said, I like um, I like some of the other pieces. Miles Turner, especially I think in terms of a two way center, I don't think there's many more skilled big guys than him. He can really he's really added a three point shot to his game. So it's been a a good development for him. But I've got um, I've got Indiana at eight. All right. So for my last two. Uh, since, because you know the play-in tournament, uh, mm -hmm. these two guys, these last two teams will be able to fight for a playoff spot. My last two is going to be Atlanta and Orlando. I think Atlanta had a lot of good moves. It's just that I think it was all for in vain. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. For me, I've got the um, I got the Hornets. Hornets. I, I think that's going to be a fun team to watch. Lamelo and. Uh, and Gordon Hayward coming to town. And I, I think uh, Michael Jordan's finally going to get get to see his team possibly in a playoff game. Uh, we'll see. Um, he had one a few years ago, which I think LeBron knocked him out in a sweep. So that was fun. And then the, at 10, I've got the Magic. They're kind of always there. They never do anything with it. But I, I like the Magic getting into the playoff. Didn't put my Cavs just yet. Maybe come back in three or four years and we'll, and we'll make an eight seed. <laughs> yeah, I have the same as you, Marcus. I have the Magic. And the Hawks, I think the Magic get the ninth spot. They have talent all over the roster. And the Hawks are a talented team, too. I'm worried about their defense, but if their offense just keeps coming along, my gosh, a lot of firepower. I still don't believe in Cam Reddish, but he yeah, didn't he, have a terrible year last year. So, yet to be seen. Yeah, uh, I think with Atlanta, they're putting up – it's a lot of high-powered offensive guys. But – Hey, I guess it's gonna be uh, what 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 did we say in the draft pod? It was uh, 
first team no defense. Yes, yeah. first team no defense. Okay. Atlanta Hawks. And and one thing I will miss about 2020 is the Cam Reddish arguments. I, I, me and Gabe going at markets last year. I think that might have been my favorite part of 2020 was uh, <laughs> Marcus going going to going to bat for Cam Reddish. What yeah. has he done? <laughs> yeah, it was that was that was a pretty good back and forth. I will say, but I think the Atlanta Hawks and the whole city of Atlanta is just going to be a just to see oh, yeah. the other. So, yeah, unfortunately, I, if you're an Atlanta fan, you understand what I just said. But we're going to send it to a quick break, and we're going to hit on the Western Conference and then hit uh, our projected winners of like MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and those sorts. So, we re- we'll be right back with more of the JTS pod. Woo. Welcome back to the JTS podcast. So, we, as we're going to continue our NBA preview, and we're going to go to the other side. We're going to go to the Western Conference, and it's, it's going to be a, a war zone, as if you will. I have to give the Call of Duty reference there. Mm-hmm. But as team is going to be fighting for this top ten, uh, I'm going to go a little bit different this year. Uh, and my number one seed is actually going to be the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the reason why I said that, actually – have the Lakers at two, but I think just due to the the old guys in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they they gonna be resting quite a bit early just just cause in October that's when they won the chip. They they ain't have a long break uh, this year at all, and I think Anthony Davis had a lot of injuries, and LeBron uh. He hasn't really just touched the basketball like that. Uh, if you watch the little podcast he did with Richard Jefferson and Shannon Fry, uh, he said he only touched the basketball like three times up to today. So uh, they might they might be doing a lot of low management early on. So I'm gonna go with Denver. Uh, I like Jokic. I think Jamal Murray's still gonna have a. I think he's gonna improve a lot more as well. That's somebody you gotta. You might. For the betting odds, might go most improved for Jamal Murray. Indeed. Uh, as far as a break, maybe they didn't have a big break between their championships, but they had about a five-month break before the bubble started. So they, I think that they, their legs are decently rested at least. As far as yeah, load management and whatnot, yes, that may happen. But regardless of all that, I think that the Lakers got better this year i think that they are the they are the odds on favorite to win the championship and i think that they're just the best team with the best talent in the league so for that reason i have them number one whether lebron and ad rest or not the talent of dennis schroeder mark gasol montrez harold as well as the other players on their team cal kuzma i think that he gets improves this year at least improves upon what he did last year because last year was Real, real questionable. But with all that being said, I think that the Lakers go for number one again. I think that they're going to get have the best record in the entire in the entire um, league. And my number two would be the Denver Nuggets because I think that they have the most, I guess, the best chemistry wise roster. A team that trusts each other. They did lose Jeremy Grant, and they also lost uh, Larson Pippen's uh, Mr. Man. <laughs> but all that being. And said they still have a solid core of Jamal Murray, Jokic, 
as well as um, whoa, whoa. Mark Porter Jr. could possibly he yeah. could just be a monster. This could be his coming out year. So a lot of talent on that team. Great coaching. They're nice. You can't forget about the seven footer. Bowl, bowl. Oh yeah, my bad. Bowl, bowl. He could have a coming out year. I mean, tons of talent on that Nuggets team. So that that is why I have them number two. Who you got, Pat? For me, I've got the Lakers at number one. And to kind of uh, echo what Gabe is saying, I. I, like I said, LeBron fan all the way, but uh, the the tears coming out of LeBron's eyes talking about the lack of rest, I, I just don't buy any of it, uh, quite frankly. In, in soccer, they were playing uh, three games a week, and then at the end of their season, they had a three-week bre- uh, break, and then they came back. And they started earlier than, than, than the NBA did. So I, I just – although I get it, uh, LeBron's kind of older in his career. Sure, he would rather have a few weeks break, but – uh, I think that's the least of uh, the, the the least troublesome worry in, in LeBron's uh, life right now. Quite frankly, right now I've got the Lakers at one. At two, I've got Denver. Um, I, I can't put the Clippers up there just yet because they've kind of been pieces poached away from them. Uh, you got uh, Paul George signing his contract today, the the max contract. So Paul George will be healthy, healthily paid uh, these next couple of years. But I've got Denver. Uh, I think uh, Michael, uh, Michael Porter, I think he's going to be one of the most improved players in the league. I think he's going to end up winning that trophy. I don't think we were going to predict that, but I'm going to lay that out there right now just because he's going to get more playing time. And that's another offseason and another year of healthiness. And that was the big question coming in into the league for him was, can he stay healthy? He really hasn't had an injury uh, coming in. So that's a, that's a positive sign for him. But for the Lakers, they've got plenty of uh, plenty of weapons, even if, uh, LeBron and AD sit out because they've got uh, ultimately they've got um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, I think the best player in the NBA. I just want to let the listeners know that he was just trolling just then because he, he was him and Gabe was shining down KCP uh, just just last season. I, I was having to hold hold up the KCP. Uh, and you can you can go back on the tape and, and now and it'll yep. prove it for himself. But what? Why LeBron can't have his tacos and uh, tequila, uh, Pat? Well, that, to me, that's that's what he's been doing. I mean, I I can't think of anything else instead of kind of training and kind of resting the legs. He's been out in Hollywood making his movies. So I I think he if he wanted to, his legs could feel a whole lot better than what they are right now. He's got other things going. So I think it's fine for him to kind of talk about he would have loved more rest, but he'd like more time so we can uh, finish up Space Jam for the summer of, uh, of next year. Well, true enough. I, I, will, I will say that because he, 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 was, he was pretty adamant about it dropping. I think it's July. July or is it the June or July? I don't know about you guys, but I am, I am not the least bit excited for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've just seen LeBron act. I've seen him uh, – in that movie, with, um, what is the, what's the girl who always plays Amy Schumer? Yeah, I mean that was just not good. <laughs> so, so I mean we'll see. I mean I, I'm I'm excited for it, but uh, well I'm I don't know. I'll see it just to give LeBron even more of my money, but um, why not? Uh, I don't know. We, we'll, we'll move on. Get, move I mean, on. So we gotta. We'll we'll talk about that once down the line. Uh, <laughs> So we, we both had really the same top two teams. So we just gonna move, go ahead and move on to uh, the, the three seed. I have the Clippers at three. Uh, I think they're still a top tier team. 
even though they lost Montrez Harold. And I think their defense is going to be a little bit questionable in interior-wise, even though they have uh, Morris there. I'm just not a big Morris fan defensively, if you get what I'm saying. If you catch my drift. I think the better the better, better Morris twin is uh, in L.A., the Lakers, not the Clippers. But I still think they're a top-tier team. Me, personally, it's not – Hey, hey, I'm not gonna lie though. I need it would it would be better for my team and the Thunder if the Clippers would lose a lot of games, just so because we have their draft picks. But I still think that uh, the Clippers are going to be the three seed. Uh, I too have the Clippers at the third spot. Honestly, before just now, I just changed my pick to the Clippers for the third spot because I originally had the Mavericks in the third spot. I moved them down to the fourth, only because Kristaps Porzingis is injured still. I'm not sure how long that injury will last. But with Luka Doncic, if he can play out of his mind again, which we predict, I mean, he, he had such a huge jump from his rookie year, which was a great year all by itself, rookie year to his sophomore year. If he takes another jump, we could be talking about an MVP in this third year, D-Rose type stuff. Um, if he can keep this team afloat, averaging like a 30-point triple-double, I'm sure that'll be enough to get a, get a few wins and maybe stay tops of the West. So the, I do have the Mavs at four. I guess that's my Mavs spiel. But uh, the Clippers at three, they do have the talent in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's enough talent to win you a lot of games, whether they have a guard or not. I'm sure they'll figure it out over the season. But uh, – yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Patton, what's up with you? I'm right there with you. I, I like the Mavs uh, kind of in that four spot. Not ahead of Denver just yet, just because of – I think the whole Christoph Porzingis uh, element is going to be massive for this team because if, if there's another guy who can kind of uh, make up his end of the bargain because the Mavs, they lost Seth Curry. Uh, that, that was a big part of their team who could really bail out um, the three-point shooting in, in some aspects. But I think – one thing we do need to mention for Luca, I think a lot of people forget this is only his second year in America, much less the, in the NBA. So, I mean, he's just kind of the, – the longer he kind of develops his game to the American style, I think it's going to be uh, good for him. So, I, I really like um, – I, I like Dallas at four. I think it will be just key on what Kristaps can do and how long he can stay healthy. I think for Dallas, I think they should really just kind of manage him in the regular season because they need him in the postseason to really make a run because – Regular season uh, basketball is great, but and when you get in the half-court set, you really need another guy like Kristaps who can um, kind of force the defense into some tough situations. So I've got the Mavs at four. I, what I, about three? Three, uh, three uh, Denver. Uh, like okay. I said, Denver, Denver I, I just, bad, I just so. think in terms of uh, talent, I don't think there's many teams at, at the age range that they are right now with Jokic, Murray, and then uh, Michael Porter. I, I don't think there's many teams uh, that, that have the – the, the talent that they have. And Clippers were your two? Two, yep. yep. No, no, no. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. I, no, no. I, I am all over the shop here. Sorry. Denver is two. The Clippers are three. I, I mentioned gotcha, that gotcha. last, and, and I, uh, I fluffed my lines. But, yeah, gotcha, those are my gotcha, three, gotcha. and then the Mavs at four. I agree with uh, Patton and Gabe. I got the Mavs at four. Now, initially, when KP – did his surgery they said the timeline would be february or march 
but he's been optimistic on coming back at the start of the year. And uh, I'm not really just sold on that for right now, just because of the health wise. I think if you, if you, if the Mavericks can hold on in the beginning and Luca can win the games in the beginning to the point where, where he comes back, if they're, if they're the fourth or the fifth seed when he comes back, they could push and actually be a top three seed. Now, it will it be realistic. I'm not fully sure. That's why I had them at number four because I think they might they might be a six or seven seed until KP comes back if it's going to be in that February area, and then they'll boost themselves up. Hopefully, because I think Luca is going to have a tremendous year. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a 30 point triple double like Gabe said, but I can see a 28, 9, and 8 kind of year. I think if he if he can get his three point percentage up to 30, uh, I think it was 33% last year. Is it 33 or 34%? If he can get it to 37, 38, oh, it's going to be deadly for him. Uh, I, I would say go ahead and hand him that uh, MVP trophy. And and one thing on Porzingis, if you want him hurt again by mid mid February, you rush him back to January. I I just don't see the point in kind of risking a more long term. You've got a guy who's already injury prone. I say, kind of bank on what you have with Luca and see if you can't uh, win you a couple games, and then because ultimately you don't need him right now. You want him uh, whenever the the playoffs is. I don't know the exact date. It's usually kind of May June, but that's obviously I don't think going to be the case this year. Okay, so. So we have a similar top four. I'm sure our bottom four. Now this, this might be just a mix up. I'll start it off. For my fifth place team, this is a team that literally gets projected to miss the playoffs every year. And they make the playoffs every year. Yes, my team, the Portland Trailblazers. Number five, I think that we have a Pretty great roster. Damian Lillard, of course, he's going to go nuts this year. CJ McCollum coming off like a little back injury, but he was playing with that back injury. He was getting in buckets, so I don't really think that's even going to bother him. Uh, improvement with Derrick Jones Jr. and Rodney Hood coming in back off of injury. We re-signed Carmelo Anthony, grab Robert Covington, who's a fantastic 3 and D player, and Yusuf Nurkic, if he can stay healthy throughout the year. We're going to be nice. So the disrespect of Portland has to stop. Portland fifth seed. If the Mavericks keep dropping, Porzingis stay hurt, it might even be top four. So stop playing with my team. I've got Go Portland as well. I've, I've, I've actually got Portland right there at five as well. I think what, what Dane does each year, and uh, it, it's really unbelievable. And I think you're going to see the same thing out of him. And uh, C.J. McCollum as well. He, he's no scrub, as Gabe just kind of listed off their players. I think it's going to be key if they can get off to a fast start because what killed them last year is that I think they were they were damn near 10 games behind the playoff spot late and midway through the season. They, they can't do that this year because I think there's teams like a team I'll mention here in a little bit that's going to get out ahead of them. So they, they've got to be careful on getting off to a quick start. Some, some new pieces that's going to take time to integrate, but I think Portland at five, I don't think that's a, a crazy pick at all, and, and that's right, right where I have them. But I would usually put Houston right there, but what's going on over there? You know, I'm just not sure what what Houston team we're going to have on, on opening night and what, what will exactly go down. 
Uh, for number five, I have Utah. Uh, I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll give my Portland take on it later on. Uh, I think Bogdanovich coming back. You got you still got Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. They still have a solid group. I think with Bogdanovich back, it opens up the spacing even more for them. And it was somewhat of an off year for them. It was somewhat of a weird year for them because that injury to Bogdanovich hurt them a lot offensively than they prepared for. Now, if they can stay healthy, I think they can be a really good team. Donovan Mitchell leading the crew. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert still still one of the best post defenders with his length. Uh, that's that was a that was a little shade for later later on, but that yeah that's my fifth pick. Now for my sixth pick, you're actually gonna be somewhat surprised on this one, uh, but it's gonna be Golden State. I got Golden State at six. If if Curry can stay healthy, that I put that in parentheses. Curry can stay healthy. I got Golden State at six. I think they still have a, a really good – I have a really good roster, even though with not Clay not being there, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, Eric Pascal, and then the rookie James Wadden. I think they have a, a really solid team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go to the finals. No, 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 no. I ain't saying all that. But I think they can still be a good playoff team if Curry can stay healthy. And I think we got a closeted Warriors fan on that. I, I mean, no. you just you no. just hate to see <laughs> no. it first the Colts and now the Warriors. I mean, no, it's just no, stabbing no, the no, no. <laughs> I, now y'all just heard me say that I'm not saying they're going to the finals. Well, you're out of your mind if you think if you think that Warriors team is better than the next teams that I'm about to bring up, then you're crazy, sir. I There's said no. Way. I said I said in parentheses if Curry can stay healthy all year. If I could show show you my notes, I put in parentheses. If Curry can stay healthy all year, I think they can be a six seed. And, and and I'll say that you can go ahead and just cross that out because that's not <laughs> happening. It it hasn't happened in his whole career. I don't think it's going to start now. I think the Warriors are finished as a team. Is constantly getting hurt year in year out. Come join us in Cleveland down at the bottom of the NBA totem. I right now I've got Utah at six. Uh, for me, I. Kind of like what Marcus said. I think it's they're exactly where they want to be right now. Jordan Clarkson, I think, is a, a great, uh, great to get him re-signed because I think there's very few uh, bench scores. I think they usually have him coming off the bench. I, I really like him as a, as a six-man of the year candidate, just in terms of everything he can do scoring. And then, of course, you got Gobert, who um, he uh, damn near got the season canceled last season as a whole. But right now, I, I, I like him as well. So. I've got Utah at six, and then at seven, I've got Phoenix Suns. Um, like I said with the, the Wizards, I'm going to be a sucker on that end as well, and I've got uh, the, the Phoenix Suns. I think Chris Paul's going to do exactly what he did with OKC last year, and that's come in, bring some stability to that team, bring some structure to it, and I think he's going to get DeAndre Ayton involved, and that's something that he hasn't been able to do the past couple seasons, just hasn't been in spots to – succeed because Devin Booker he's a great scorer and a great playmaker but in terms of just setting up his teammates I think that's something he could work on and I think he can learn a thing or two from Chris Paul so I, I really like what Phoenix has to offer there that's going to be a um, a team that I'm always going to enjoy that I'm sure they're going to be on ESPN all the time at 9 30 at night on, on the west coast so that'll be a fun team to kind of stay up for and kind of follow them throughout the season. Indeed uh, I have the Suns at six and I have the Jazz at seven 
you guys basically stated all the points about the Jazz. Solid team. They're coming back. Much like the Nuggets. Just a solid, have a solid core. Yep. They'll be fine. A great coach, Quinn Snyder. Fantastic coach. Um, for the Suns, adding Chris Paul to Devin Booker, I think this unlocks this game. Devin Booker already basically like a 25-point-per-game score. I think last year he had about 27. He'll probably be at 30 this year. He's amazing. Chris Paul being able to facilitate the ball to the book as well as DeAndre Aiden and the rest of their roster. They have a, they have a nice roster down in Phoenix. So three all-star caliber players, maybe this vaults the book into the all-star, into the actual all-star game, as well as DeAndre Aiden. Maybe he gets unlocked. We saw what Chris Paul did with uh, DeAndre Jordan. We saw what Chris Paul was able to do, which it was more hardened, I guess. But we saw what Chris Paul was able to do with Clint Capella. I think that it will be similar for DeAndre Jordan as well. I think that he gets an upgrade on his game. So those are my that's my seven and eight. And for that, I mean, my sixth and seventh. And for that eighth spot, it was a battle. It will be a battle. Of course, always is in the West. But stop playing. M-Town, stay down. Memphis Grizzlies slide up in that eighth spot. Yes, sir, baby boy. John Moran is going to be a lot better this year. Just stacking upon his rookie of the year. Should have been unanimous rookie. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Zion. Should have been unanimous rookie of the year. He's going to just improve. Dylan Brooks, a solid player. He's not afraid to shoot the ball, and he knocks it down usually. Jaron Jackson can stay healthy, get healthy, and stay healthy. I think that he'll make a jump as well. And Jonas Valanciunas, low-key, one of the best centers in the league. He's probably, like, low-key a top-10 center in the league if you actually pay attention to his numbers. He can score on the inside, he can rebound, and he can knock down three. So, Memphis Grizzlies, a spot in the West. Holla at your boy. All right, so for me, uh, the seventh seed, I had Phoenix. So, I'm right there with you guys. You really – I really hit on a lot of points. Uh, I think Mikael Bridges, I think he will have a mm. – uh, a, a really good year this year to go alongside with D book, Chris Paul, Aiden. And for my ace, but I got Portland. Uh, I, I dropped Portland down just because I got a feeling. The disrespect. The I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because everybody on their team, it was a lot of injuries last year. You, you, you stated it. C.J. McCullum, back injury. Rodney Hood came off injury. Nurkic. Those are three key pieces. Zach Collins. That was another key piece for Portland that was hurt. And I stated earlier in the pod, they might hit a wall because a lot of those times, certain players, they, once you get into February, you, gonna, you might hit a, a wall of fatigue. And the the Blazers really don't need and can't afford to get down early. And you're also in one of the toughest divisions in the Western Conference at that. So you can't afford to be losing to the Lakers when you got to see them at least three times. You got It's going to be a battle against Phoenix. Phoenix is no walkthrough. It's not going to be a walkthrough, I don't think so, with the Warriors if Curry can stay healthy. You got the Clippers. That, that division on that side is not going to be easy, and you can't afford to just be, like, dropping games. And I think that's what's going to happen early on. I think it's going to be, a, like, somewhat similar to last year 
But I love I love Dame. I think CJ McCollum is one of the most underrated shooting guards in the league. I'm just afraid of that injury bug. Because sometimes when it hit, it hits hard. And I don't I don't like injuries. I, I'm, I'm going to be upfront with you. I don't like injuries. I hate injuries. Because injuries derails legacies and organizations at times, depending on the person. So, But that's just me. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Houston. Well, no, go ahead, Patton. Oh, yeah, Patton. Got to give us eight. Well, eight, I'm going to give it to Houston. And this is all on the premise that we're going to have a James Harden playing for the Houston Rockets all year long. I've kind of hinted to that a couple times. There's the speculation whether or not he's going to be there. He's yet to kind of show up to training camp. And there's been a story that we'll kind of break into here in a minute. But I'm going to just go on the fact that James Harden's going to be there. And I think James Harden's going to do what he does. And that's just put up absurd points and absurd numbers year in, year out. I'm, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what the play style is going to be like for Houston because usually that system was just kind of set up for James Harden to take any shot and every shot that he wanted. Of course, this year it's going to be different, uh, different setup. Uh, no, um, no, no, uh, the new head coach for them on that side. So we'll see. Uh, no Chris Paul, kind of no second option. You've got John Wall there. He's kind of shown up in training camp just from the stuff I've been reading on that end of the spectrum. But this is all on the fact that James Harden's going to be there, and I think that's a major question mark that's going to have to be answered I agree I think that um I believe that Houston will either be a borderline playoff team whether they're in that like six to ten spot or they'll be at the bottom of the west and that is all predicated on whether James Harden will be there or not John Wall by himself on this team depending on what they get back for James Harden I don't think that'll be enough to really get into the playoffs but yeah just it it literally just all depends on Harden pretty much all right for me I had Houston at nine but I personally didn't like the Harden trade I mean not the Harden trade but the Westbrook trade for John Wall because before that happened I had them at least at the fifth seat and when I think Steven Silas is going to be a really good coach but it's too many things that's happening in Houston right now. It's too many factors that's happening in Houston right now that you have to question what's the plan moving forward. Because with Russ and Harden, yes, they was going to be one of the most highest paid duos in all of basketball. But you knew the energy level was going to be there. And Silas is going to have set stuff for it. Russ and Harden. But after now, you get John Wall, who hasn't played in two years. I'm gonna keep hitting on this. That wall. That John Wall with the wall of of <laughs> fatigue. He hasn't played in two years, so it's gonna be games where he might have to sit out. He might not be playing those back to backs. Then you got Boogie Cousins, Demarcus Cousins. You sign him. They saying he looks great, but these past two years been derailed of injuries. So now you have two guys who's in your starting five that you are desperately in need for 
that has been derailed of injuries for the past two years. You got somebody in James Harden who just now got to camp. And it's going he's gonna need six negative COVID tests in order to practice, which is he been with a lot of strippers. Yeah. What? Yeah. Would you mind explaining why he wasn't at a at yeah. training oh, camp? Oh, oh, yeah. Marcus? He 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 was at because he was spotted in Atlanta. Is uh, that the Lou Will special down there? He might have got them Lou Williams and Lemon Pepper uh, wings <laughs> yeah. as well. But he was at uh, Lil Baby. He was at Lil Baby, the rapper Lil Baby's birthday party. Hey, I don't know about their, their watch. It was, I don't know if it was a Roly or a Richard Millie, but he iced, he iced that rapper out. Just for sure. And it threw him a couple stacks. He gave him a, he gave him a good little NBA check. He said he got that fifty million this coming year. It don't matter. He just dropped that cash like it was nothing. And so, I don't I don't know. I I can't be. I'm not just sold on this team. And I feel bad for Steven Silas because that team was could have been really good. And at the drop of a hat, it could all go bad for him. I, yeah, and I, I I like what you said there, Marcus. There's a chance it goes bad, and, and for Silas, it's going to rest at his feet, and it's not going to be his fault either. And he's just kind of going into a, a tough situation and not not a big fan of what Harden's doing right now. But then again, uh, who, am I to, who am I to say? But we'll, we'll see. And, and I'm not sure what uh, Harden's mindset is. There's been uh, kind of rumors whether he'd like to go to Denver or uh, Philly or really just any – contender he said he's he's open for right now but for me you've had a contender the past couple of years and what have you done with it so I, I i'm just not a fan of what harden does in the nba just in terms of his play style it's great for points and numbers like that but not a whole, whole lot other than that um yeah one thing i want to say with that houston is going to want an all-star back or a plethora of picks and players you can't go to a contender team and thinking they they can Keep their top two. If you go to Brooklyn, Houston is going to ask for either Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to want Spencer and Karras. That's not. That's not going to be enough. If you go to Denver, they're going to want Jamal and Michael Porter. They're going to want multiple guys. Like it's not that many destinations. Like when you see the rush trade, that was one of the few trades that that was going to be able to happen. That was the only really – it was only really like two destinations, and that was like the Knicks and the Wizards. So for James Harden, you don't have that many places to go. And really, uh, Houston holds a lot of the power right now because uh, Harden, he's still under contract for a few more years. So, I mean, it's not like he's got the, the leverage to say that I, I'd like to go – well, you just signed a contract uh, two years ago, I think. So – it's 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 an interesting thing for James Harden. It's it's kind of funny to funny to see that development. But um, I guess we can go in for my number nine. Uh, I've got I'm going to give it to the Golden State Warriors I, just for the fact that I think Steph Curry is going to play. I'll say this: if Steph is as great and I say great as uh, everyone thinks he is, he should have no problem carrying this team with a with a really at talent wise. It's a number one draft pick in James Wiseman. I think if it, if, if, if it wasn't Minnesota at number one, I think he would have gone number one overall because that was one position to me that Minnesota uh, didn't really need, and that was another center. So for me, I think if Steph Curry is what he is, and I think he can be, 
um, I think they should be the number nine seed and uh, closely behind. I'm going to give it to your squad over there where you are right now, Gabe, and that's Memphis Grizzlies. I think John Moran is going to continue the dominance. I think there was no doubt uh, he should have been the unanimous MVP. And I think he's going to continue to make his guys better because as a player, that's what he does. And we saw that at Austin P with Murray State making some of these guys that uh, are right now accountants and, and, and other and other jobs in the world right now. They made them really good basketball team and they defeated uh, a team in the NCAA tournament. So I like uh, Memphis at 10 and uh, Golden State at nine. Indeed. I have, I have Memphis at 10. I just want to point that out there. I'm ready for see, ready to see Desmond Bain uh, take some of De, uh, Dylan Brooks' three-point shots. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing I'm going to be ready for with the Grizzlies. But everything that you guys have stated, I'm right there with. Well, at 10, you know, LeBron James, he's been basically the the face of the NBA for pretty much the entirety of his career, at least once he started winning MVPs. He's been the face of the league. Well, about 2013, 2014, 2015, we saw this this little light-skinned dude just chunking up threes, knocking down stuff, winning unanimous MVPs. LeBron like, hey, I'm, I'm still the best guy, guys. I'm still the best guy. Well, that little light-skinned dude, he is a baby-faced assassin. I do have him at the number 10 spot. I can't really disrespect him, being that he does still have talent on that team, even though they don't have Clay. Do it. They do have the number one pick. They got A. Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, just a myriad of guys. They can get it done. But at that number nine spot, this is, this is who LeBron actually needs to be on the lookout for because apparently the NBA loves this guy so much. They created a bubble shake the schedule around him being able to make it into the playoffs and they still miss well i don't think i think that they will miss the playoffs but they'll be able to get into that little play-in spot so pelicans my number nine spot let's go let's go ahead go ahead because that team that team (laughs) got 18 prime time games we're probably gonna lose at least yeah we'll see them a lot at least nine of them (laughs) all right so let's do these quick hitters uh, for the remaining ones, who's y'all coach of the year? For me, I, I'm going to throw out my guy uh, in Cleveland, J.B. Biggerstaff. I think there's a chance that Cleveland, it's not going to make the playoffs, but you got to think of this. I, I don't think he's actually going to win it, but I think his name needs to be in the conversation. Uh, after he took over from John Beeline, it, that, that was a playoff team down there in Cleveland. They were about 500 since he took over. I don't think he's actually going to be it, but I think you need to throw his name out there. I think they got a chance to win. Uh, 30, uh, 30 games this season. I, I think for the talent on that roster right now, and I think um, a name needs to be mentioned for uh, Mr. J.B. Bickerstaff. Gabe? Uh, I think that the Lakers will have the, by far the best record, so uh, it will be Coach Vogel. But if not Vogel, I got Steve Nash, depending on what he does with these nets. Okay, uh, for me, I had Mike Malone since I had – Denver being that number one seed, I don't think they're going to give it to Coach Bud again. The Bucks have the best record. Uh, for rookie of the year, what you guys have? For me, I don't think there's any question it's going to be LaMelo Ball. I, I think the media driven behind it, I think you need someone like that. And, and uh, Zion uh, almost got it just because purely of the media. So I think LaMelo Ball down there, in Charlotte, I think he's got a straight great shot to win it because I think James Wiseman, he's going to pick up probably another injury. And then James Wiseman, or um, Anthony Edwards, sorry, in Minnesota, he's got three other guys that are going to take away his shots and points. So I think LaMelo Ball is going to have a great shot. 
just in terms of stats he's going to be able to put up because it's really just him and Gordon Hayward. And then you got Devontae Graham as well over there. But I think stats-wise, it's going to be tough to beat. Great shot to win it, but not a great shot. And for that, I don't think that he will win it. I think that Wiseman will get it. I think he'll be a solid player on a competitive team on the Warriors. What about you, yeah, Marcus? I, I agree with Gabe on that one. I had James Wiseman. I think he can get 15 and 9. That's a, some pretty solid numbers guaranteed on that Warriors team. And then if they also are the sixth seed, it's tough to go and not say Wiseman if they go as high as six. All right, so MVP. I have Luca. Mm. No matter that. Luca MVP. Uh whether I'm not sure if he'll be high enough. I have Luca if LeBron sits. I think that LeBron can actually win MVP. Like I said, I think they'll have the best record uh far and out. If he leads the league and assist again, um, scores about twenty five points per game, he should be able to bring home an MVP. They everybody sees that he's the best player. Please acknowledge this man before we lose him. Yeah, we're we're not just because because uh, we're never, they didn't do it with MJ. They didn't do it with Kobe. So I don't think they're going to change it for LeBron. I've got Kevin Durant. Like I said at the beginning of the pod, I think there's going to be a motivated Kevin Durant to make people remember just how bad this dude is in the NBA. So I like Kevin Durant coming off an injury. A bit of a risky pick, but I, I, I like Kevin Durant here. A sniper gang. Uh, for six man, for me, I, I wanted to pick Spencer Denwoodle, but I don't know how many games he's going to start. So it might kick him out just due to Kyrie by being hurt. But that, that was my sixth man of the year. Dragic, I think he'll be solid. What about you, Pat? Who you got? I don't know if Montrez Harrell's going to start. Uh, I think it's either going to be him or, um, or uh, Dennis Schroeder. They, uh, they, they got him as well. Um, so I, I like him, either one of those two. Whoever doesn't start, I'm going to go with that. But I'm going to say Montrez Harrell just for you to write down. Okay, gotcha. And what we got, most improved, most improved, I'm going with Michael Porter Jr. He averaged nine, nine points last year, but he shot 50, 40, 90. So he's amazing. Shake That's exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm going and, with Gabe. Yeah, just because he he's going to be able to take 20 shots. But gotcha. that's all that we're going to have here on today. Hopefully you guys like our NBA preview. But this is another episode of the JTS Podcast. We out.